You did your thing with this. Yeah. I'm sorry. I had some help. It wasn't just me. All right, everybody. Welcome to the Fans Edge Sports Talk Podcast. Hosted by Mike and Essex. We want to give listeners a fresh take on sports. We aren't professionals. We are fans just like you. Make sure while you listen to this, go ahead, hit the like and subscribe button. That will just help us generate more traffic. And that way we can have a great dialogue with you as the fans. You know, um, I want to go ahead and get started by, you know, Remembering a legend. Well, first off, I want to talk about my shades. Why I got my stunner shades on, you know. Uh, (laughs) You're going to have to excuse the shades while I have them on inside. Yes, in my room. Um, I had a really bad allergic reaction. I uh, went in the emergency room yesterday. I am feeling a little bit better, uh, but the show must go on. So. Getting back on schedule, man. Uh, like I said, I want to talk about a legend, an icon, someone who I grew up listening to, watching, uh, amazing TV show we had, uh, iconic mo- uh, iconic moments and movies as well. Uh, none other than the Bernie Mac, you know. And it's been, I guess today makes uh, 12 years since Bernie Mac has passed away. You know, the complications of pneumonia. It's crazy because I kind of remember that day and what happened. I woke up in the morning, came downstairs. Uh, you know, the, the sun was shining in the kitchen. I remember and my sister was just standing there uh, leaning against the counter on the sink. And she just said, man, Bernie Mac just, just passed away. And I said, no way, not Bernie Mac. And she said, yeah. So, you know, me, I had to go do my digging and everything and come to find out she wasn't lying, man. Bernie Mac had passed away and we had lost an icon. So. Yeah, it was it was a sad day. I, unlike you, I don't remember exactly what I was doing or what happened when I heard the news. I just remember when I did hear the news, I was sad because I loved the Bernie Mac show as a kid. I loved all his stand-ups as a kid, even though I shouldn't have been watching them as a kid. (laughs) I loved every movie he was in. It was, it just makes me sad because we could still have him and he could still just be doing so much, giving us so much, but I am thankful for what he did give us. Right. And man, Bernie Mac just has such a, a great catalog and it's sad, but he will never be forgotten. I can tell you that. No, man, never, never could be forgotten, especially all that he has done, um, not just for us celebrity wise, but what he has done for people, you know, giving them the confidence and for, you know, them to be them. I remember when, you know, one of his most iconic moments was when he got on stage knowing that, you know, this was one of the roughest crowds and people were known for getting booed by this crowd. He just came out there and said, I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? He just kept, you know, in his skit, he would just repeat it. And, I mean, I, I will never, ever forget that. That will always be ingrained in me. And sometimes I just go back and listen to that. And, I mean, to be honest, you just got to learn how to be you, be comfortable in your skin. 
and tell people I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. So, <laughs> man, hey, shout out to Bernie Mac, man. Uh, may, may he rest in peace and uh, just thankful, you know, for everything that he had, he gave us, you know. Uh, but but we do have so much to talk about. So many things have been going on around uh, sports and. You know, one thing that we have been talking about and one thing that before this pandemic hit, you know, that we were really excited about was, was the simple fact that we had spring football, you know, and all of these complicated, the pandemic definitely uh, hurt it, hurt the plans for the XFL, that's what we're talking about, and, you know, Vince McMahon knew that he was going to take a loss within the first couple years. That was understandable it was an understanding loss that he was willing to take he felt that uh you know tv deals and things of that sort and sponsorships would end up following right after and all you kept seeing was more traction coming from you know more and more traction coming for the uh the xfl the attendance and the fans just seemed to grow uh people watching it on tv just continued to to grow and the pandemic hit, and next thing you know, you know, XFL going bankrupt, don't know what's going on. Uh, people, uh, partners were backing out. And looks like we might have some real-life ballers, man. And I, I just want to say that I can't be more excited about this. Um, <laughs> the Rock and some of his business partners are officially now the owners of the XFL. Uh, you know, I went ahead and we'll talk about the polls and everything that I asked uh, everybody online, but go ahead and let me know, what do you think about The Rock and his partners trying to create some real-life ballers? You know, if anybody watched the Baller series, I loved it. I hated that there wasn't another season, you know? But I what do you think? I... I did love Ballers for one. It's a great show. I got on it late, but I loved it. Um, the fact that you say real life, everybody was making a joke, real life ballers, real life ballers. But I mean, it's a boss move. So you can't hate that he did something that he was actually doing in the show. But right. it's a good move. He it I wasn't expecting it, but it's it's just to be seen like he wants it he sees the potential in the reality tv format of it which excites me kind of because they're talking about having it as something like hard knocks but xfl version and it was crazy to me to find out that one of his business partners is actually his ex-wife so i was like hey if you're gonna get the money might as well keep it circulating within the family Right. I, I, I 100% agree. Definitely keep it inside the family. Uh, you know, we got uh, NMD TV. If anybody remember, we had NMD TV on the show. And he just said, I love the Baller series. Uh, and also, he's a, a, a fan of the U. He says, The Rock from the U, of course, he a boss, you know. And they say he, and also, he got it for cheap, too. And I mean, shout out to The Rock and everything that he's just able to do, you know. I'm just eager to see what's going to happen. You know, is it going to end up happening? 
this coming spring? Are we going to get it? You know, what players are going to be featured this year? Because we do know multiple players did end up getting NFL contracts and being able to work out with teams. A lot of players got workouts as well. So I'm definitely excited. Uh, We asked fans on Twitter, and on Twitter, we got 79 yeah, 79% of the people said that they are excited that The Rock went ahead and got it in. Majority of the people on Facebook said yes, and nobody said no on uh, Facebook. Nobody said no. Uh, a few people uh, went ahead and said this is just going to be like the real-life ballers. Now, on Twitter, we did have 7% of people did say that they are not excited about The Rock uh, buying the XFL. I don't know why, man. Uh, why be upset about it when you get football all year round? Um, I mean, you know, it, the, the the pandemic is trying to ruin things, but as we see, man, we just keep getting really good news. You know, things continually come out. That's great, and you know, hopefully, that once the pandemic is over, we can get back to normal. But right now, what I'm trying to do is is I am trying to stay positive through this all because that's the only way to be. All right. Um, let's just go ahead and talk about college football because there is so much news going out in college football. Um, we, we talked about the Iowa program before and talked about how and talked about how um, you know, the culture that Kirk Kirk Ferentz had and what the what was going on with the strength coach and a lot of the players were coming out about it. Well, we got an update. They had an independent investigation that came back and did say that there was some uh, racial inequalities going on at Iowa. Uh, but upon completion, one thing that they did say is they don't re- recommend the uh, firing of Kirk, Kirk Ferentz. Now, one thing, you know, and I could just be speaking as an Ohio State fan, but, you know, one thing that was said, you know, when the whole Urban Meyer thing was going in his last year was the simple fact that the coach is supposed to know everything. Coach is supposed to, you know, take the blame, all of that for everything. And I just don't see how Kirk Ferentz isn't able to take any blame on this. I mean, that, that to me blows my mind how they could crucify one coach and then we have another coach who's doing something almost even worse, you know? I mean, and and these accusations after the independent investigation came out, it already said, hey, this was in the culture of what the kids were saying. The kids were right, you know? And then the other coach, when they came out, and if anybody really did their research and didn't just pay attention to what ESPN was saying, if you actually did your research on the situation, you know, you found out that, the situation was taken out of Urban Meyer's hands. His bosses said, we are going to let, they read it, wrote it down, and there's a picture of it. We're going to let due process play out. But because he was the head coach, he was still crucified. You know, and, and, and the university used him as a scapegoat. I just kind of feel crazy, you know, how Iowa isn't doing the same thing, you know, with Kirk Ferentz. What's your thoughts on this whole Iowa situation? Yeah, it's crazy to me, too, because it starts at the top no matter what. You can't – there is no way you can tell me 
something like this is going on in the program and the the head coach doesn't know the top coach doesn't know especially if it's a strength and conditioning coach somebody that the coach interacts with right probably on a daily basis and some kids have probably hinted at it or came to him about it he may have brushed it off i don't know but i don't see how they didn't come for this man's head either yeah you know i mean it, it, it's just the world we live in. Things is crazy. People pick and choose their battles, you know. Uh, so For sure. We, we reported, you know, during the beginning, all, you know, when these football programs were coming back and allowing players to come back and have these voluntary workouts and things like that. You know, we reported on cert the certain schools who had issues going on, you know, where their players popped up positive for the Rona and things like that. And Rutgers was like right along with them, you know, and come to find out where did, where it all stemmed from with them having such a major outbreak of the Rona was these players decided they were going to go to a party. They were partying. Now that's, that's why I've been saying, and I know a lot of people have been against me saying that you can't put a hundred plus players in a bubble. Yes, you actually can, especially at Power 5 programs. They have the resources. They have the dormitories and things like that. And all you have to do is just tell these players, like, hey, if you break out the bubble, we got to do an investigation. You cannot come, come back immediately. You could be risking your scholarship as well. If you're going to risk the, the, the danger or you're going to put your teammates and your coaches in danger and stuff like that, you're saying, hey, I'm a selfish guy. I'm not caring about my, my teammates. I'm not caring about my coaches. So why would a team really want you to be part of that team anyway? I get it. There, You know, a lot of people, we like to say that they're kids for certain things. And then like to say that they are adults for other things. You know, I do understand that they are kids. But the simple fact is, is this is right now is a teaching moment. And we have to do what we have to do uh, to for these kids to learn. There are consequences now. I know where scholarships have been yanked for for minor things, uh, breaking curfew, going out before games, you know, uh, team rules, things like that. If this is just another team rule and they can't follow it, I don't see the problem, you know. Um, a lot of these players are coming out, and, I, and somebody broke somebody broke down these numbers, and I wish I had them. To, uh, pop up and show everybody but when they broke down these numbers of these um of the players and uh that are opting out and don't want to play versus the players that are there's 99.8 percent of players that want to play so that gives you a what 0.01 percent or 0.02 percent of players that don't want to play I mean, also, you know, if we want to talk about the parents, just go ahead and ask the parents, you know, hey, are you okay with your son playing? If not, then we can pull them out if we, if we feel like they're too young, you know. But allowing these kids to go to parties and things like that, I just feel like there needs to be better structure. For sure. My first thought was, well, they're young, but at the same time, you know what you signed up for. You know what you're there to do. I get it. You want to go out and party, but right now, especially right now, it's not the time. You need to get there and focus on school and getting right 
for football and getting right for what's next in your life. At first, I didn't really believe, like, I didn't think that a bubble could work for college football, but I really, I do believe it because I, I was the one that said some schools aren't Ohio State and don't have this great big, all these great big facilities, but they, their facilities are well enough to where they could host a bubble. And I really think that concept should be taken seriously because if that, if we could get them to do that, the NBA has already proved that it works. So why not take, why not take from them? Why not adapt some things from them? Use your own, create your own. And then bam, there you go. Everything's good. Right. You won't have situations like this, like you said. Exactly. You know, and you know, a lot of these, Conferences are basically almost every conference is going to conference only games, you know, and that's so that they can alter their schedule to what need be. Or if like this team needs to take a week off because, you know, they they don't have a competitive edge because some of their top players might have caught the virus and things like that. You know, I mean. This is where, like, you know, we said, I agree with Paul Fine about my thought, the president of NCAA should have just been fired because he's been kind of silent on this and anything. But we've already learned that a bubble actually works. So why not try to implement that? I mean, because if you have the team and the staffers who are going to be around the team in the bubble, then it could be successful, you know? Now – Let's uh, just go ahead and move into the MAC conference. The MAC conference has canceled all of their fall sports. Uh, Losing of the Power 5 games definitely hurt them financially, and they're going to try to push things back to the spring. Now, I mean, a lot of people are talking about, yeah, we can just move it back to the spring and da-da-da-da-da, but is is the spring really stopping anything? Like, I'm sorry, but the virus is going to stay. It's going to be here. And, you know, a lot of people have predicted and have said that it's going to come back just like the flu, you know, especially during that time. So if we know this, what is the spring really going to do? Uh, Not much, honestly. Uh, I guess it could give them more time to see how things work if people do decide to continue through the fall. Right. See how they could do things. Maybe protect the kids more. I don't. I feel like they're just waiting. Nobody. Everything's up in limbo. So yeah, they're like instead of risking it, we'll just tell them that we'll do it in the spring. But really, we don't know. We're just gonna wait. Yeah. If this is if Power Five is successful, then we'll implement some things from what they did in the spring. Right. And there we go. No, a small a small program like UConn, they've opted out of their sports. They're not having it at all, which I'm not shocked in these smaller schools doing it because they probably don't have the financial. Not Some of them do have great alumni back in and things like that, but most of these schools, group of five and down, do not have that the capabilities to be paying for all of the testing and things like that. Now, I mean, that could go into a whole nother ordeal about, you know, I don't think that it should cost that much for, you know, you to get tested for things like that and and stuff. I don't think that it should cost that much. But that's a whole nother topic 
for a whole nother different conversation. But power five wise, I think that it can be done. Uh, you know, the Big Ten uh, players came out. There was a unity letter that came out asking for the Big Ten and the NCAA to do better with their safety concerns. And I want to say like it was a group of like almost a thousand athletes or more, you know, that came out with this letter and everything. Um, now, my school, you all know I'm a Buckeye fan through and through. They came out and said, hey, hold up. You know, we respect you all's letter. We respect you all's concern. You know, do you. But we don't feel like this letter speaks for all of us. And we don't want to sit here and say that this letter does speak for all of us. They went ahead and said that we feel like the University of Ohio State has set the standard in doing what it needs to be done and keeping us safe and that in the Big Ten athletes, I mean, not the Big Ten, Ohio State athletes, because I don't think it was just a football team. I want to say it was like players from like all sports. They went ahead and said, hey, we think that some of the other schools should adopt what we're doing if you're if you're actually worried. Like Ohio State has set the standards, our athletic director, our trainers, our health commission, Everybody is doing like they the players are saying that they have 100% faith. Um, a lot of the Ohio State parents have came out and said that they love what Ohio State is doing and recommends it, you know. So, I mean, these players are saying that they're ready to play. Yeah, a lot of a lot of kids are ready to play, and if they want to play, they they know they know. So, if they want to play, what's What's stopping you from letting them play? I understand you want them to be safe, but this is what they want to do. They willingly know the chances that they are taking. This is this is my thing. We know that these football teams give them the best athletic trainers, best doctors, try to get them the best surgeons when they have injuries and things like that. Where are they going to be more safe at? At home? No. Or at the university. At the university. <laughs> so if we don't if we don't have a season, are we really saying that that we're worried about the kids and that we care about the kids because they're more likely to get worse treatment? And we've already heard about hospitals and things turning people away, not keep not having enough room, not having enough ventilators and things like that. Whereas, you know, if your school, if your child is at that university, they could possibly keep them in the bubble, keep them quarantined. And if something did happen, they will be taken care of. Very true, bro. It's, it's, <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. People, because I get where you're coming from. You make some very good points, but I can also see why people would oppose those points. Yeah, and, and, and the thing is, is, is like, like like we said last show, if you don't want to play, you don't have to play. Nobody is faulting you or anything. Yeah. You know? And that was another thing in Ohio State athletes letter that they put out. They respect the people who want to sit out and things like that. They do. There is no disrespect to that at all. Not at all. I'm. Yeah. There's no hating on nobody. If you want to sit yeah. out, like, it's Three or four, it's like four or five guys that have already opted out and said, "Hey, I'm gonna opt out." And five yes. guys: Michael Parsons, uh, Rondell Moore, yeah. uh, Rashad Bateman, and you're talking about the top players, not not 
not a the you know one of the top players you're talking about the actual top player each one of those guys i named is the number one player at that school you know and has been for the past couple years and they're sitting out yeah get get ready for the nfl ain't nobody knocking it like it is what it is you know i mean hey it happens you know but Let's go ahead and get over this uh, pandemic thing. Let's talk about, you know, the game, uh, what I like to call the best rivalry in all of sports, which uh, dates back, I mean, Ohio State and Michigan dates back to where they had a, a war. Ohio, Ohio and Michigan had a war. When I say a war, they had a war over a piece of land, you know? Um this is just definitely a heated rivalry. Uh, you got Ryan Day, Jim Harbaugh. And you know, one thing, Jim Harbaugh just needs to learn how to keep his mouth shut. Um, so earlier this week, they had a Big Ten coaches conference and everything. Coaches got on there. And while Ryan Day was talking, Jim Harbaugh decides that he's going to be disrespectful and cut Ryan Day off while he's talking and said Ohio State is violating rules and called his former coach that he had on his team, one of his assistants, Al Washington, called him out and said, i seen a picture of him working out with the player. So Ryan Day replies and says, how about you worry about your team and I worry about my team? Now, after the fact, it has been reported that while Ryan Day was in the team meeting, he told his players he hopes the Big Ten has a mercy rule because they're going to hang 100 on Michigan. I mean, you know, this game is normally at the end of the end of the regular season. In November, they have moved it up to October. And I just want to say this. I cannot wait for this game. If, bro, if Ohio State put puts up 100 on Michigan, you got to fire Jim Harbaugh. And, you know, I mean, this guy just got – he got so much other stuff to worry about than to worry about trying to, quote, unquote, snitch on somebody and things like that, man. Exactly. I think he was just kind of doing it to be like, hey, look at them. Like, they doing some shady stuff. Look at them. Investigate them. Maybe they won't be able to get to play their best players. Maybe something will happen. He do need. He just needs to chill, though. Yeah, it's like, okay, we can't beat them on the field, so uh, let's see if we can beat them off the field. You know, and, and speaking about the Big Ten, man, the Big Ten came out with this Big Ten schedule, and then all of a sudden they they look like they're going to push back, talking about, hey, the season could possibly be canceled. The commissioner of it is talking about, uh, he's thinking about pushing it all the way back to the spring. How do you come out with a schedule and then in a couple days you sit here and say, ah, we might push this back to the spring? I mean, what is really going on in the Big Ten? Now, there are reports saying that if this happens, you know, teams like Ohio State, Nebraska, Penn State could possibly go to the Big 12. And to be honest, I wouldn't be mad about that. Ohio State versus Texas? Whew, that's a classic. That's a classic. You know, Penn State would, versus Oklahoma. I would, 
Or let's say Nebraska versus Oklahoma. That's a classic. Nebraska used to be in the Big 12. Just to be able to get to watch those games and those matchups again, what were you going to say? Those wouldn't be classics because Big 12 teams don't play defense. <laughs> Them be murders. Shots fired. Shots fired. <laughs> he said them would be murders, man. But, yeah, I mean, this just a strange time that we're living in, you know, and we just have to adapt. But if we're going to adapt, we need to make sure that we're definitely doing it in the right way, you know. Um, you got anything else on uh, college football and the craziness of it? Nah, not really. Not at the moment. Oh, oh speaking of college football, I, I, I wanna I wanna talk about this. Cause I really want to dive into how weird and how crazy Jim Harbaugh is. And he's more worried about another team than his other team. So a report came out that this recruit, you know, I uh, don't remember the recruit's name, but he said that Jim Harbaugh is just weird, straight up weird. Said that Jim Harbaugh came in his mom's house guess what he was wearing a bathing suit just no, some trunks no no you know he always got to wear his khakis so he got his khakis on but in her house he didn't even have the decency enough to take the shoes off he wore cleats on her hardwood floor like cleats from like the coaching cleats, like off the field. Oh, like the football cleats. Like he was trying to. I guess it was him showing them off. Like, oh, we got the Jordan brand cleats and stuff like this. Wore them on her hardwood floor. Damn, he did not. Now, now you know the mama. That's a no go. That's a no go. So mama wasn't feeling Jim Harbaugh at all after that. And then, uh, just to make insult to injury, um. A recruit's father came out, diehard Michigan fan, um, always going to the Michigan games, always wearing maize and blue, and this recruit just committed to Alabama. You know what? You know what Michigan did to this recruit? This is the top recruit in the state of Michigan. You know, and yeah, you know, Alabama does. They get the pick of the litter. They get to go almost anywhere in the country, and you know, kind of take their pick. But the father, like I said, is a Michigan man through and through. You know what Jim Harbaugh did and what the father still don't know to this day? They stopped recruiting the kid. A five-star defensive tackle, top in the nation, top in the state, and you stop recruiting him? Hey, that's just even more reason for them to go ahead and – Get him out of there. He ain't, he ain't good at nothing but hanging out with recruits and hanging out in trees. Right. And, you know, Jalen Rose, you know, is one of the alumni guys from there. And I don't know if you all saw it, but he went out, just came out and said, hey, um, this is going to be the year that Michigan beats Ohio State. Da, 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 da. Now, they say this crap every year. Somebody always comes out and everybody just got to be. He said, record this footage. Everybody just wants to be the first guy. What has Michigan shown that they, to make you think that they can actually beat Ohio State? The running back set out in the bowl game to protect his draft stock and then went undrafted. 
You can't even get the <laughs> you can't even get the top recruiting in your state. Every time y'all played Ohio State, y'all got blown out since Ryan Day has been there. Hey man, I don't I don't know what to say. I, mean, I you know, I, I I also really don't like Michigan like that. We don't see them that much, thankfully, even though we saw them back to back years and it was just hectic and I hated it. But they need they need something. They have to they have to draw on something. Because what is it? How many years is it? Oh, since since they beat us? Yeah. Oh, they ain't they ain't beat us since 2011. Okay, exactly. And so that was, and that was interim coach, Luke Fickle. Interim coach. He's a bit way better coach now, you know, coaching at Cincinnati. But 2011? We're going on 10 years, baby. <laughs> 10 years. I mean, I I really don't understand. And, you know, shout out to RJ Young because, you know, I, I watched his video on this situation. And one thing, like he said, you know, um, about Jalen Rose saying this was the simple fact of it's okay. When, when we have these type of platforms, it is totally okay to be objective, you know. Yeah, you might be the fan of something, but you could be objective. Like he – like. Like RJ said, he said, Oklahoma going up against LSU? I picked LSU. Oklahoma going up against Bama? I picked Bama. You know? It's just being realistic about things, you know? And there's nothing wrong with that. You can still root for your team. But let's just be real. What have they shown? They got their butts whooped in the bowl games. They ain't show nothing. Nothing nothing that shows me that they can unseat Ohio State as the team from the Big Ten that's going into the college football playoffs. It's, it's, it's really crazy, man. <laughs> let's just let's just go ahead and move on to something else. Um let's talk about in the NFL, man. Uh reports came out about Darius guys being arrested on domestic violence charges. And at first, you know, the Washington uh, Redskins said, hey, we're going to go ahead and suspend them, you know. Then more investigation, I guess, they they dug into, and they just decided to go ahead and release him. Now, remember, during the draft, um, there were some issues. This is what stopped him from being a first-round pick is because there were some off-the-field issues that teams were a little bit worried about. And they weren't sure, but the Washington Redskins pulled the trigger. And, you know, this kind of seemed to be a match made in heaven. I know Dwayne Haskins and Darius Geis were becoming close and had been working out together and things like that. And he had to uh, turn himself in and got arrested on domestic violence. And this is just something that I am not okay with. I have a daughter. Uh, there is no situation where you need to put your hands on a female. Um, I don't condone females putting their hands on men either. But as my dad has always told me, you can walk away. You can get away for one. And if it ever got to the point where you just couldn't, you can tackle her and hold her down, especially being an NFL player. 
You can hold her down until someone is able to to get away, and or you could just run away. You know, there is nothing wrong. You do not ever need to put your hands on the female, man. Yeah, it's, it's just a bad look for him, of course, but also all all is going on with the the culture in Washington right now and their football team. It's just it's hurt right now, but yeah, I don't care. What his cause his charges is just the thing that drives me like I I understand being heated. I understand arguments getting heated, but like you said, when it gets to that point, it sh it shouldn't get to that point. Walk away. Just let it leave it. Because if it gets to the point, especially when you know you're in this type of position where you're risking millions, millions over probably something that started off as a small little argument. What's and going now, on, Allie? And now you're, what, facing four or five charges when you could have just walked away. Right. Not not just that, but you're about to lose out on millions. 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 And the whole time and every time you, you keep seeing what happened to guys like Ray Rice, you know, um, who was the guy that played for uh, the Kansas City Chiefs that this happened to? I believe it was the Kansas City Chiefs. It was a player that got caught. He was uh, in a hotel and they got him on camera. He mushed the girl on the ground. And then oh, um, Kareem Hunt. Yeah, you, you, you seen what happened to him, you know? Then gotta go to the Browns. Come on, guys. We like we gotta do better. We just have to do better, man. We really do. This is this is really gone. You see, and the whole time you're gonna be saying, I wish I could have done something different. I wish I could have done something different. You know, one thing I remember being in school, and I, you know, I, I had this, this this mouth on me, you know. And one thing my uh my parents made me do is is as I had to write a hundred times, I will think before I speak. I will think before I speak. And you know, it is the same, it is the same thing, the exact same thing. You need to think before your actions, you know? So, I mean, these guys definitely got to do a better job than that. Um, also in the NFL, uh, referees, you know, especially, you know, a lot of the refs, in the NFL, they're they're a lot older. Some of them might already have different health concerns. They can opt out in the 2020 season and still receive, I believe, like a thirty thousand dollars stipend. I mean, what's your take on that? I don't have a problem with it. I mean, like you said, some of them are older. They've been there longer. They have other health concerns. So if you want to sit out. It's no big deal. Like we said about the players, we're not gonna hate on you. You get you getting thirty thirty thousand dollars, and you get your job protected for next year. Nobody's gonna be really salty about that, right? Nobody, man. Need the refs. Hopefully, hopefully, you know the ones that do opt out are the ones that are always making the terrible, terrible calls. I was thinking the same thing. Again, for everybody that's just joining, I know y'all wondering, why does this man have sunglasses on? I had a bad allergic reaction, so my eyes are swollen, but hey, the show must go on. It must go on, you know. Um, 
NBA restart, man. I, I want to talk about this because, God, my Lakers just look poo. They look poo. You know, they came out, they beat the Clippers, but I can tell you this, I can't see them beating the Clippers again. You know, LeBron set out in the game against uh, the Houston Rockets, but also Westbrook set out in that game. And to be honest, the Rockets look better without Westbrook than the Lakers did without LeBron. And I'll, I'll tell you this, you know, the Lakers have lost three straight, losing to teams like the Pacers, who they have no business listen, uh, losing to. Only one that showed up was LeBron, and AD didn't. The inconsistency between them two players, you know, like they both have to be hitting 30 or close to it. If they're going to be a playoff team, if they're going to make it to the Western Finals, or something. They have to be consistent in hitting 30. I mean, I don't know what's going on with the Lakers. I don't know if it's because of the layoff or what, but they just look tired. They look fatigued. They look like they don't know what is going on. And I mean, I know there's a lot of LeBron fans who are now, you know, have been wagging in transition to watching, you know, the Lakers and everything like that. But Not I. Not I said the five, but I have I've been keeping up because I I've missed sports so much that I've gotten back into basketball. Even though I said I wasn't watching basketball until LeBron was off the Lakers, but I've kept up with a little bit. The Lakers have look they look rusty. I don't know what it is either. You do make a valid point when you say AD and LeBron both have to get thirty if they want to be a contender. That has to happen, or. Because LeBron's not in those years anymore where he could just – well, I don't know. You never know with this man. But to me, he's he just – he's not in them years where he could just dominate a game by himself no more. He he need like he doesn't need AD, but having AD there is very helpful. So I just – I don't know. Maybe it's Rondo not being there. I don't know what it is. But they got to get it together. I feel like they'll, they'll, they'll come together in the – in the end, but right now it's looking real rough. It's looking more than rough, man. It's looking more than rough. Um, I could tell you another team that looked good, uh, Utah Jazz, my man Jordan Clarkson, who I hated that the Lakers, um, you know, got rid of. I mean, his last game just seemed like he could not miss. The man was on, bro. I'm talking about uh, shooting three-point shots off of Pumley and taking the foul with the and one from three, you know? I mean, these these NBA games have been exciting other than watching the Lakers play. A lot of these games have just been exciting, man. I, I've been loving it. Uh, I'm just glad that we have live sports back. Now, one thing I have been seeing is Draymond Green has been, you know, on the halftime reports talking about games and – I love it. I love getting the current player's take, you know, that especially a current player who has played majority of these guys, studied these guys, watched film on these guys, and, you know, know their weaknesses and things like that. Now, he made a comment talking about the Suns guard, Devin Booker, who's an extremely great player, and talked about, you know, uh, he, he might need to uh, – uh, 
he might need to find a new team. Now, the Phoenix Suns probably is not good for his career. And to be honest, I don't I don't blame him. I feel like the Phoenix Suns haven't done what they needed to do to surround uh, Devin Booker with players who are willing to compete as hard as he is to win a championship or at least push for a championship. Uh, now, the league fine, Draymond Green, 50K, which probably is almost, you know, chump change in his eyes. But I'm really getting tired of the leagues um, censoring, you know, these uh, these players and what they can say. I really don't like it. I feel you. I understand. I understand exactly like exactly what you said. There's nothing. There was no line where Draymond said, but Draymond got to understand. He know. He knows how the NBA is going to take that. They know he's going to be. He they going to say he tampering by saying that, even though he's just stating facts, spitting his opinion, and saying what a lot of people think. But I guess because he said come something about greener pastures and. Somewhere where he can play great basketball, I guess they thought that he was alluding to like, hey, come to Golden State. Well, no, he was just talking about put him somewhere where he can be the player that be the star that he is. Right. And I mean, and and, I, and that's the thing. It'd been different if he said he need to come to the Warriors or we could find a place for him on on my team or something like that. You know, if he if he says something like that, okay, I could see that might be tampering or something like that. But other than that, man, I just feel like they just try to censor these players way too much, and I just do not like it. I don't, I don't like it. Same, bro. It's they got to try and save their money somehow, though. So you you can only let them get say so much yeah true that hey we want to thank you all for supporting the fans edge always being with us late at night doing our live shows um checking it out hitting the like button share please make sure you continually do that um we are nothing without you all this thing only grows because of you so we appreciate that make sure you're following us on all of our social media platforms facebook twitter Instagram and YouTube. We are also, um, if, if you don't have time to watch the show, we are on our podcast platforms. You can use Apple, Anchor, Spotify, and basically almost all your major uh, podcast platforms. We definitely appreciate the love. Um, give us your feedback. Let us know. Give us some ratings, and we will definitely appreciate it. E, you got anything else? Nah, man. That about covers it. All right, people. Be safe. Make sure you're taking care of yourself. And peace out.